Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Rory. And I'm Jay. And this is Midnight Chats, an Octivigant companion show where we sit down with your favorite paranormal authors, investigators, and researchers to have a chat about their work, the phenomenon, and all the strangeness in between. On this episode, we are joined by the MMA Crystal Queen, spooky shit enthusiast, and co-host of the What's Up Weirdo podcast, Jessica Knappett. And what an interview it was. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I, I've stopped saying that, and now you started saying it, and I feel like it's a curse that will never leave us. I won't say it. I mostly just said it because you've stopped saying it, and I think it's fine. And now you're going to stop saying it, and Jay's going to start saying No, it. I'm not. And then when Jay finally kicks that demon out of their body, the dogs will start saying it, and then we're fucked. Uh, I, uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just picturing just like the next time this show is being recorded. It's like Teddy, Buffy, and that asshole little dog they hate from next door. Like trying to record the episode. And then halfway through, Teddy and Buffy just start beating the shit out of Rocky. Oh, my God. So we who did we, who did we talk to again? We talked to Jessica Napick. That's right. Jessica Napick. And that was a great conversation. She was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Very laid back compared to a lot of our other interviews. So, oh yeah, uh, and I, I laughed a lot, so that was a good time. Yeah, no, I I had a great time, and not and to to be expected because I'm I'm a huge fan of the What's Up Weirdo podcast, and it went exactly as I expected. We talked about weird shit, we got off topic a lot, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah. All right, so uh, we want to just let them listen to it. Yeah. Yes. All right, enjoy this midnight chat with Jessica now. With Jessica Napick. Jessica, thank you for joining us this evening. No problem. Sorry, I am late as fuck. Oh, it's all right. They won't know. Yeah. <laughs> they won't find out for a couple of weeks. You're good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, getting right into it, our first question is one that we ask all of our guests because we are a book club, uh, which is what are you currently reading and what do you like to read? Oh, gosh. Am I into I start, I always start like eight books next to my bed and then I don't finish any of them. Um, <laughs> I have shit. I probably have three Ted Bundy books next to my bed right now. That's creepy. Um, yeah. Jay, uh, Jay likes the true crime too. Yeah, this is Jay right here is my my true crime brain. I know nothing about true crime. I just ask them, then I find out, then I forget it. Yeah, uh, I probably shouldn't be reading that stuff before bed too because I already have enough murdery dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I have a couple different dream books, a couple different like manifestation books, uh, hypnotism book. Um, yeah, but nothing. I'm like, usually when I pick up something to read it, I'll read it in like one day. I can't put it down. Um, I think the last one I couldn't put down was, oh, what is it called? Hang on. It's a movie. <laughs> oh, only, a, only a couple of those that we could uh, potentially <laughs> pick from. It was called, oh. Fuck. Okay, it's a book that has 
um, inspired a lot of serial killers. Like, a lot of serial killers have this in their collection, and it, like, teaches them how to fucking abduct people. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't fucking think of it. Hang on. Uh, I found a first edition with, like, a pristine dust jacket at the thrift store, and I... Is it The Collector? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. that... Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, The Collector. Yeah, that was Thank fucking... You. That was Leonard Lake's favorite fucking book. That asshole. Okay. Isn't that, have you all ever read it? I, I have not. I've seen the movie. I have the movie yeah. on the shelf right here behind yeah. me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the movie is really good, and it's honestly one of... like. It, Movie to book, it's very well done. It doesn't leave out a whole lot. It it paints the vibe, but like, yeah, the cool part about the book is um it's split up into parts. So the first part is from the abductor's perspective, the guy who he's like, he goes through, I'm driving around, I'm fucking looking for girls, I prepped my basement, like all this shit. It's like inside his head, all of his own writing. It's like you're reading his journal. Then it gets to this breaking point, like this separation in the book, and it's the girl's point of view, like, I don't know how the fuck I got here. I hope my family's okay. I hope my friends are okay. And then the third portion of the book is like the outcome. Mm, okay. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen this read. movie. I'm looking at screen chats. I definitely have seen this movie. Yeah, I know because I made you watch it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you made me watch it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, no, that's very cool. I've never gotten around to the book, but maybe I'll have to see if I can hunt down a copy somewhere. I'm sure it's on Kindle or of some kind. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a very fast read because a lot of it is like um, dialogue, so they do it in like lines, you know. But it's. I remember reading it in like two days, and I'm like. I don't think I ever want to read it again, and I don't even know if I want to keep it. <laughs> that was my response to the Poughkeepsie tapes, yeah. is I watched the yeah. Poughkeepsie tapes, I took a very hot shower and cried silently in there for a while, and then I was like, that movie's fantastic, and if someone tries to make me watch it again, I'll bludgeon them to death in an alley. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I still haven't watched that, and I... I I feel like it's going to make me feel very yucky. So I, it's like, when am I going to be in the mood to feel like this? So I never turn it on. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I had a very similar reaction to a Serbian film. Just yeah, cut out oh the, God. it was a very good movie part. Yeah. And I watched it willingly, which I did not watch it willingly. Yeah. A Serbian film is not good because it was made by a billionaire's joke. And it was, yeah, it's bad. Don't watch it. Unspeakably bad. Yeah. It's an atrocity to film and everything did humanity did yeah. his government have him killed no no but i don't think he's allowed back in serbia <laughs> i obviously i know what that is I, again i've never watched it i don't, don't. want to i'm yeah. not like a big snuff person anywhere like overly gory person i like more suspense or or like abduction or like shit that feels like it could happen to you is like so terrifying all yeah. the like torture porn and shit is like not my shit no i hate i hate that shit too like there was a period of time when i thought that i would like that uh or i thought that i enjoyed that stuff more and uh no my no i don't mm -mm. no it, yeah. it, well and the thing is is that it often is just very lazily written it's it's yeah. it's schlock for the sake of schlock yeah yeah, I like some of it. Like, I honestly genuinely enjoy the first Hostel movie, but, like, not yeah. not any of the shit that came after it. And I I like the first couple Saw movies yeah. and none of what mm -hmm. comes after that. Yeah, Saw 1 and 2. I like yep. Hostel 1. Uh, I, yep. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. Uh, I just, everything after that, bad. Yeah, it was still a good story. And if it has a twist and it's, like, like that stuff makes you feel like fucking hopeless. Like they're mm -hmm. so fucked right now. Like that's fine, but like don't do it the whole movie for no reason. Like what are we even doing here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I I I can uh 
if I if I wanted to leave a, leave a place feeling dirty, there's many bars I could go to, and at least then I'm getting <laughs> drunk in the process. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to our next question, it's actually uh, somewhat related. So, as fellow spooky shit enthusiasts, uh, we're always curious to know about what brings others into the paranormal sphere. So. What was it that first got you interested in spooky stuff? And more importantly, what keeps you interested? Oh, I would say I was always just like a little creepy kid. Like I, I don't know. I was a skateboarder. I was a fucking punk rock kid. I watched Unsolved Mysteries and X-Files and Forensic Files and just creeped myself out every night. Um, I, one of my like oldest pictures is with my mom. I have a Danzig shirt on. Like I'm just like, I was just, <laughs> A little shithead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Uh, so yeah, in that house where I grew up with my mom, I used to see ghosts. Um, I had a couple sleep paralysis uh, experiences that were really terrible. I had one experience that was like I don't even still don't know what it was. Like in the moment, I didn't know if it was an earthquake or aliens outside or a dream. But it wasn't a dream; it was fucking real. And then I, I remember I woke up and asked my mom, "I'm like, did you feel the house shaking?" She's like, "Absolutely not." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and like, in I remember my whole room was shaking. There was a lamp on my dresser. The lamp was fucking shaking like crazy. I got up and I looked out the window because I'm like, "Is a fucking plane crashing? Like, what's going on?" And then I just went back to bed because I didn't know what to do. So I don't know what that was. And then. There was numerous times in the house where I would see, I've seen ghosts. Uh, there was two different shadow figures, and there was one in my room that was a cowboy. Um, <laughs> I only saw the cowboy once. I saw the shadow figures quite a bit. Um, and then my childhood dog that died in that house, I saw him a couple times in the hallway, like full, like clear as day. Um, so the house was fucking weird. Like lots of weird stuff used to happen. Like the my mom's blinds would like go up and down and the TV would go up off and on by itself. The cabinets would open. It was a weird fucking, and I don't even think it was that old. It was just vibes. So that house was weird. Um, and then I guess what keeps me doing it is just, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's completely yeah. fair. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So would you say that you're most of the, I guess the paranormal spectrum, do you mostly focus on uh, things like ghosts or is there any other areas that you find yourself gravitating towards? I really like all of it. I would say, I guess, like, in, oh, I don't know, it's tough. Like, I guess in order, like, probably haunted shit, ghosts, and then I might like cryptids more than aliens. Is that weird? No, no, that's <laughs> no. Weird. literally not at all. Yeah. Why yeah. would it ever be weird for someone to put aliens lower down on the list of things that are interesting? Jay does just not because, like aliens. I was say, just because <laughs> you don't like aliens. I'm so fucking sick of aliens. I hope they all die. Oh, Jesus. Well, don't say that. They can hear you, maybe. Uh, <laughs> come and get me. Let's, let's, let's not taunt them, please. I like, thank you. I like, Jay, how you, you you taunted them, but then immediately went and knocked on wood. <laughs> I am, like, a, such a severe... Like, I, I swear to you, I probably knock on wood, like, 30 times a day. It's one of my weird OCD things. And I have, a, I have like, it's this thing about it where I'm like, I hope nobody ever notices. Like, I do it a lot. It's weird. I mean, to be fair, I, we all have weird little superstitions we carry out throughout yeah, the day. Like yeah. the, for no reason other than I've done this for so long, whenever I'm driving under a yellow light, I put my hand up. It's good luck. Yeah, see, that's weird. I don't <laughs> Yeah, no, it's weird as hell. <laughs> but whatever makes you feel better. But uh, no, yeah, so I think it's haunted shit, cryptids, aliens, and then probably Bigfoots. I don't know, maybe Bigfoots are before aliens. Well, I mean, wouldn't you class, wouldn't you put Bigfoot in with the cryptids? I guess. I don't know. 
I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. They seem like their own category. Is that weird? No, 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 not really. I mean, really, who cares? They're all categories know, based on whatever. Yeah, you I know? mean, the pe- there are many people who split shadow people and ghosts into distinct categories. It's yeah. whatever feels right to you. Yeah, exactly. We don't. Yeah. There's no taxonomy for this. That's you know, uh, established or testable. Yeah, you're right. Right. We can say whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of uh, you mentioned that you had some sleep paralysis episodes in your childhood home and that you're reading some like dream interpretation books. Um, And earlier this week on the live stream, you mentioned that you've had some really crazy dreams, like everything from alien abductions to ghost encounters. Uh, And in our personal reading and research, we've often come across assertions that that people who've had anomalous experiences frequently have dreams like those. And in some cases, the dreams are what first led them to uncovering memories of lived events. Uh, Do you think the dreams that you're having are simply a matter of your mind being soaked in all of this spooky shit? Or do you think there could be something deeper going on there? Okay, firstly, I love that question. Um, secondly, I feel like what if I never considered any of that and you just like sent me to a mental institution? Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that may was, be that was like a fucking heavy question. I feel like, um, yeah, no, it was, I love it. No, I do see it's hard. Uh, I'm like a big past lives person. I do think there's several past lives I've lived. Um, and then my dog who passed last year, I feel like he was in a lot of them with me. I don't know if he was a dog or a person. I'm still going through that. Tenny has a theory that the dream men that keep showing up in my dreams since he died are him. Cause they're all different and they're all so familiar to me. They're like in the dream. They're literally perfect for me. They know everything about me. It's so easy to be with them, blah, blah, blah. And then I wake up and I'm like, who the fuck was that? Like every time. But Tenny's like, it's probably Bean. He doesn't have to be a dog in your dreams. So that's fucking weird. I know that's weird to talk about. But um, but then also like the other, the scary ones, the abduction dreams. I have so many fucking abduction dreams and like being stuck. And I'll have ones where you, you know, when you go into a subdivision and it's like a tangle town and you can't fucking get out. I have those a lot. Um, So yeah, I don't know if it's past. I do have like weird stuff with like, I wonder if that happened to me when I was a kid and I don't fucking remember. And quite honestly, I'd rather not um that's fair. completely fair we yeah. have an entire yeah. episode about that coming out soon <laughs> yeah. like yeah and uh, like i said to the sleep paralysis things when i was young i don't know if that was like paranormal or like alien shit like if some of it came back to me one day and was like yeah you definitely got abducted by aliens i'd be like yeah that makes sense like i wouldn't even be surprised at all i'm, I'm not gonna lie like just based on what the little bit of conversation that we've had so far the, and the things that i've written down it's all things that are very similar to people who have had alien abduction experiences, uh, especially like with the dreams, sleep paralysis, uh, when you had that anomalous event that you couldn't explain and went right back to bed. That, that's, that is, that's, that's the one that got that, me. That is something that is very common amongst people who have had alien abduction or even um, like other sightings of supernaturals like cryptids or, or, or other that's, things like that. That's the only response Streber ever had is... A yeah. horrible life-altering event occurred in my kitchen. I cried about it for 13 seconds, and then I immediately went to sleep for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's how it was. Yeah, I mean, that was my response to my my uh, a UFO I saw when I was a kid. I 
looked at it, talked to the other people at the bus stop about it, and then promptly forgot about it for 15 years. Yeah, I did the same. Oh I, I, had, I had a very similar experience with my what might might have been a dogman sighting. I saw it. I turned around. I ran. And uh, <laughs> then I forgot. I promptly forgot about it until we were reading a book about do- the about the Michigan dogman. Yeah, I didn't even tell you guys a couple of months ago when I suddenly realized there was a half an hour on my walk with Buffy that I couldn't account for. I was like, yeah, that's probably nothing. And then I went home. You haven't told us until right now. Yeah, this yep. is literally the first I'm hearing about it. Thanks. I thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And unfortunately, we don't have the time. Now, <laughs> digging into these dreams a little more. I mean, so you said you've done uh, some past life regression work. I guess, what does that look like for you? Is it meditation or some sort of a spellcraft? So I haven't really, honestly. I've had a couple. I do want to get regressed really bad, but I don't want it. It's hard. Okay. I don't believe all psychics. No, I don't. And I'm sure no one does. Um, I don't want to get roped into the... I need to find the right person to get regressed. And Tenny said, too, that there's, like, scary shit that can happen. Because once you give somebody access to your brain, they can go in there and mess it all up while you're under. You know what I mean? Like, mm, either... Yep. And they can make you think that shit happened, even if it didn't. So... Yep. You got to really, really trust the, the, the therapist or... Uh, regressionist or whatever whoever's doing it yeah totally so one of the things i've had like i i guess like time slips and stuff happen to where they validate past life stuff for me or i don't know weird dreams and okay what here i'll just here i'll just throw it out there um one of my past life things that i fully believe in is that i was either on or closely related to somebody who was on the titanic right okay i've mm-hmm. always felt that way i don't know why um i have a tattoo on the back of my calf that i got on the 100th year anniversary of the titanic sinking it's like a it's uh it's a life ring it's like an old life ring and there's a picture of the iceberg in the middle i don't know it's cute but i got yeah. it on that anniversary Sounds cool. yeah um but I had an experience when I was younger. I was probably like 13 or 14. And I was up in Michigan with my grandparents and my mom and my little cousin. And she's, no, maybe I was younger. Maybe was, she's a few years younger than me. I, God, I don't fucking know how old that was. But I'm old enough to remember. I don't know if she remembers. I still haven't brought it up to her, but I need to. Anyway, so this is like um, a water town. It was like on the water, on the lake in Michigan. And it's a... It was like a an inn, like a fancy old inn they used to take us to. We could watch the freighters go by on the water outside of the window, right? Um, so I go in the bathroom, and or I take my little cousin to the bathroom. We're the only two that went, right? And it's I don't know what the fuck happened, but I like stepped through time. We went into this bathroom. Everything was shaking. There was like pipes sticking out of the wall. Everything was rattling. There was like wetness dripping from the ceiling. I'm like, hurry up and fucking go to the bathroom. I don't know what's going on in here. This is fucked. Um, and then we went back to the table and both of us were so freaked out we didn't fucking say anything. So then like, I don't know what it was like a year later or six months later or whatever. So we go back to this inn because it was my grandparents' favorite place. Uh, my, I don't think my cousin was with us that time, but like I go to the, I excuse myself to go to the bathroom. I go in the bathroom and it's fucking completely different. It's fine. It's like fancy, but it's like fine and different. And I went back to the table and I'm like, when did they redo the bathrooms? And they're like, they've always looked like that. So I don't know what the fuck that was. Like, did I shoot back onto the fucking Titanic? I don't know what that was, but there's like 
I swear there's other shit. Listen, the oldest, I mean the oldest, the longest relationship of my life um, that I've had with a dude um, who I got my last dog with, who I got being with, his birthday was fucking April 15th. That's the day the Titanic sent. Like, what the fuck? Interesting. And then, I swear. And then Greg and Dana's wedding anniversary, April 15th. Um, it keeps showing up in my fucking life. There's other things. Wait, there was somebody else's anniversary. I don't know. But there's been so many different things where I'm like, oh, weird, Titanic. Oh, weird. It's like all of fucking all over all the time. So interesting. I don't know if it's true, but it feels true. That's interesting. Uh, well, and it, you know, it kind of comes with that intuitive certainty that comes with some synchronicities yeah. or yeah. Uh, certain memories that are inexplicable. You can't really place them. Uh, yeah. You know, just as an example, I mean, um, up in Sault Ste. Marie, when I was younger, I went to the shipwreck museum out there. And, you know, it's stories of tragedy over and over and over again because it's about shipwrecks. And just one story in particular about a uh, freighter that went down and there was a sailor who drowned trying to get the captain's kids off. And for no reason that I have been able to determine reading that story, I just started weeping in the middle of the museum. Aww. And I didn't have that reaction to anything else in there. So I don't know. It, it, there are some moments that are just strange and they don't seem to come from anywhere. But uh, now then they just live rent free in your head for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, what is that? And it, like, it, was it you? Was it somebody connected to you? Was it like an ancestor? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Mm hmm. All right. Well, uh, before we spin our wheels too much on that, uh, moving <laughs> into our next question. So the three of us frequently discuss uh, regarding paranormality, the interconnectivity between things like ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, psychic phenomenon, magic and the like. So in your own work and uh, your own research, have you found it to be true that your, I guess, magical workings or your uh, your investigations have had a direct effect on or is in some way connected to your own paranormal experiences? And also, do you utilize magic at all in your toolkit when investigating uh, other forms of the paranormal? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's all connected. It's all, I don't know. I feel like we're all tapped in. We're all um, more open to it. There's people who go about who have like, quote unquote, regular jobs who don't believe in ghosts, who don't, you know, pick up a lucky penny. I don't fucking know. You know, we're like tuned in and we're like waiting for shit to happen. So I don't know. I feel like it's all connected. Um, and yeah, people who like, this is like, I don't know. Like I have family members who like, don't really get what I do or where I go or like how I've seen ghosts and like, well, I've never seen a ghost. I'm like, yeah, but do you want to, have you tried? Or is your yeah. brain open? I don't yeah. know. Um, and then I don't really, quite honestly, I don't really bring anything to investigations. I have like a very good internal sensor of if a place is messed up or not. And I'll know pretty instantly. Um, and me and Tenny get it a lot too. And like not even in famous haunted places, like me and him will be like at a business and we'll be like, it feels terrible in here. Like we'll both get it. We got it. We, when we were up at Michigan Paracon, there's a um, Goodwill by there. We walked down and we're like, this is oppressive. Like it had the worst energy and we've been to so many haunted places that don't feel that bad yeah so you don't need tools right he doesn't really use tools either we use i don't know we'll do like candle stuff sometimes like um he does a thing sometimes where we'll have like the candle flame answer and that gets kind of weird but... the flicker test yeah, yeah. We, we actually did that or something similar to that in our uh because uh, we read theoretical weirdo and interviewed tenny for the show um, and we, when we did our first investigation, 
what, like a month ago now, right? Something like that, yeah. Um, we try, we, we weren't getting good results off of um, like some of the tech that we had brought or whatever. So we tried the Flickr test. And yeah. I, we got interesting responses out of it, but, you know, nothing crazy. But that was yeah. par for the course for that day. But it was still, it's having those kind of like very almost like, I mean, it's very tenny to be very old school and like non-technological, you know, in it. But it was, it's very cool. Yeah, like we have all the stuff, but it's like, does it always work? I don't know. Is it even, I don't know. I just rather go with my gut and like research and just like walk around. I don't need to be like, let's set up a grid. Like, what right. are you doing? Right. Now, <laughs> out of curiosity, I mean. I'm sure you get this question all the time. I mean, in your investigations, do you have any particularly memorable experiences? Yeah. Um, uh, so I had seen ghosts as a kid in that house, right? So, but but ever since I hadn't seen full body ghosts anywhere, but we did a investigation of a place called the Benton Farmhouse in Kentucky. And I saw like full body ghosts there for the first time since I was a kid. And uh, that was about... Oh, shit, five years ago or something, four years ago. And I haven't seen another full body ghost yet. Um, but yeah, it was a creepy place. It's I find that it's usually places you're not expecting and not like the big the big name haunted places. Those seem to be pretty much tapped out at this point. Well, I mean, and also it's, it's some of the big name haunted places. Uh, for example, just earlier this year, I went to the Winchester Mystery Mansion uh, for the first time in Southern California. And yeah, yeah it, it's cool. But if I had seen anything paranormal, I'm not sure I would have believed it because they have the whole <laughs> place rigged up with spooky lighting and uh, speakers that are making creepy, ominous sounds. So it's impossible to tell what is an actual event and what shtick. Wait, they do that all the time, not just at Halloween. I, yeah. I don't know if it was all the time. We did a uh, a special Friday the 13th flashlight tour. So they might have they might not do that all the time. But even then, still is walking around is like, this is cool. I'm glad I'm seeing it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I, I if I saw a ghost down here, I'm not sure I'd even notice. Yeah. Why? Like the house already has enough like mystique. You don't need to make like Halloween USA noises. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, and they had like a weird crypt keeper like. uh, uh that's the right word. Tour guide? Not tour guide. It was it was a basically in each room, this weird crypt keeper voice would tell you about the paranormal oh. occurrences that you were seen in that room. Ugh. Although yeah, that I... said, they it, it did also play some cool EVPs. So that was cool. Hmm. Yeah, but I would rather they did that at the beginning or the end, not throughout. Like, leave me alone. Let me look at shit. Exactly. So speaking of not being able to tell what's real and what sticks sometimes. Um, here on Noctivigant, we spend a lot of time kind of speculating about what the source of magic might be, that it's like, is it manifestations of people's consciousness? Is it the result of a connection with some sort of higher power? Is it uh, Kiel's phenomenon just screwing with us out of sheer boredom? <laughs> um, but so we pose it to you, uh, Jessica. What do you think the source of magic is, and how do you think it even works? You know, just a light question. <laughs> yeah, I know, listen, I'm saying, you, you ask the craziest questions. I love it. Um, Thank you. Swear. Um, so I, I think I saw a tweet about this recently, too, about, like, um, 
some people consider manifestation luck, but that's like not, that's like shitty. Cause then you're saying like, or like there was a difference there. Like, is it luck or is it um, wanting it hard enough? And they're like, okay, so you can't say that. Cause then some people it's like, what did they not want it hard enough? That's shitty. Um, like I do think you do have to manifest it a little bit. You know, it's not a question of, did you do it hard enough? But like, I do believe in manifestation. I do believe in a certain amount of luck. I consider myself a very lucky person. Like my whole life has been lucky. I don't know why. I, I I mean, I'm obviously a good person. Like I, I go out of my way to be a good person. I really do. So do I think shit's coming back to me because of that? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there is such a thing as like naturally lucky or I don't know. I don't know why it works for some people and other people. I do think there's something to be said too, for being a natural fucking witch. I think there's something to be like, absolutely. Uh, you know, like tapping into your power and like full self-belief that what you're saying and what you're doing is gonna fucking happen. I don't think everybody has that. So do you think uh, that's something that's cultivated by life experience or are there just people who are born more tapped in? With high midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> Two different things. I think you could probably teach it to yourself or, and then I think there's just people who like either, I don't know if it comes down through generations or what, um, I don't know. Like, Tenny, for example, thinks his sister's a natural witch, and so do I. And she doesn't really do anything on purpose, but then she'll tell us weird shit, and we're like, yeah, that happened because you're a fucking witch. <laughs> but, but she, doesn't, she doesn't get it, you know? It's like, it's like in you, you just don't get it. I don't know. Like those people that will just sit down in a public park, and suddenly wild rabbits are hopping up to them and, yes. crawling, and crawling in their lap, and it's like, what did yes. you do? And it's like, I don't know, rabbits just love me, man. The Disney, yes. pr the Disney princess effect. Yep. Yes, that's me too. Like, animals love me. I really hope that you can teach, that you can teach, like, you can actually learn it to become good because otherwise I am fucked and I've spent so much of my life chasing nothing because I'm trying so hard. Ba baby, baby, we're, we have a different thing going on. We're devotional path to deities. That's different. I know. I, know. I mean, I really think that honestly, like being a good person, um, being respectful of nature, being respectful of other people, the, the, everything that you do will be more powerful. Oh, absolutely. And that's actually a really common theme amongst almost every magical practice that I've studied um, is, you know, be, you know, be kind to nature, be kind to people, you know, all, all of that and be, be a genuinely good person because that, that's how we, you know, we, we function. But like, I find it incredibly interesting that there are so many people out there that spend their lives studying magic and all this and that's the concept they can't get is that they still have to be a good person yeah. there's so i swear and especially on twitter there's uh, oh mean, yeah there's people that i know interact with my friends and who have like literally hexed my fucking friends it's like do you think you can interact in the magical community and like have a good life and like act like you're better than other people and you're like doing shitty stuff in the back like that's not how this works like you're false yeah everything about you is false and it, it almost it's almost like counterintuitive to how yeah. you how magic is even supposed to be yes yes now it's yeah it's actually interesting so that does uh directly lead us to our next question so another <laughs> thing that we've often discussed on the show is the ethics of magic uh, spe especially when it comes to things like intent uh, regarding curses or hexes, 
or other forms of magic most associate with any form of negative intent. Uh, so with that in mind, I guess, is there any situation where you could see there being an ethical use of things like that, of things like hexing someone or creating a curse, or is that always going to be unethical by nature? I'm sure there would be situations where it would be valid. Have I been in them? No, thank goodness. Um, I'm not saying that all hexes are bad, but have I have I hexed somebody? No. Um, and then I'm one of those people too who I don't want whatever the fuck I'm doing to eternally take some of my energy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people talk about bindings. I don't do bindings. I'd rather do a banishing. Why do I want to do a binding? It's going to take my energy the whole time it's working. Right. Right. Banishing, it's just over. So I don't like bindings. I don't like hexes. Um, and another thing that I don't do is um, I don't like like medical magic. I don't like asking for things that seem out of the realm of things that you can change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, even, even when Bean was getting sick and stuff, it's like, what you should do is wish for their comfort, wish for right. a smooth crossover, wish for their protection. You can't wish for somebody's fucking cancer to go away. That's not right. It's like, I won't wish or try and work magic on medical stuff. But that's about it. It's almost unfair, you know, yeah. For for the person and yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much you can do. There, that was actually a rule in the. I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but of course I am. I'm autistic. Um, <laughs> that was actually even a rule in the magic. How it worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer is that there was oh. a character. Yeah, there was a character in one of the later seasons who had a brain tumor. And Willow on that show was obviously an incredibly powerful witch. And the character's children obviously ask her, like, hey, can't you just zap this away? And she's like, I can't do that. She's like, healing spells for something as complicated as that always go wrong. She's like, I'm not even going to try. That's not what this is supposed to do. Interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. I guess on that topic, though, I mean, so as you were saying, there are people out there, though, who are bad actors in this community. Um, they are mm -hmm. trying to use their craft to harm others. So I guess what would you say to our listeners if they wanted to defend themselves from such a thing? Is there any way to do that? Again, I wouldn't give too much attention or energy to it. Um, I'm one of those like. I'm going to be over here vibing out. I don't really give a shit what you're doing over there. It, it doesn't affect me. I'm not going to give it any energy. Um, you know, hating what somebody else is doing or paying too much attention to what somebody else is doing is only drawing away from you. Um, you know, for all the energy that you would put into that, just turn around and like fucking create something, do something, mm. make a painting, make a business. I don't fucking know. Like there's much better things you can be spending your time on. Well, it's interesting. It's almost like under, uh, I guess, under that understanding of it, that the only way a curse can affect you is if you believe it can. Like, like yeah. you need there. It's a. It's not a. I do this to Rory. It's I suggest this to Rory, and Rory helps make it happen to Rory. Right. Yeah, and it, it can be frustrating too because you see these people that you can tell are just not great, and they do get a level of success, and you're like. Why is anybody 
paying attention to what they're doing or why doesn't anybody see what I'm seeing? So it, it can be frustrating, but all this stuff works itself out eventually anyway. They all get exposed usually eventually anyway. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> well, and the unfortunate the unfortunate thing is that uh, there are people who, I mean, they want negativity. That's the yeah. type of personality yeah. they're drawn to because I, I don't know why. I, I've never understood it either. Infamy is still fame. Yeah. Oh, that's a bleak statement. Yeah. It, yeah. It's true, though. Yeah, baby, didn't we watch an entire very sad movie about that yesterday? We did, indeed. Yeah, that movie was very sad. I kept getting emotional. It? I'm trying to think. Uh, I am not okay. Yeah, uh, not okay story. Yeah, not okay. Uh, Zoe Deutsch and uh, Mia Isaac. It's, yeah. ba- it's about a young woman who uses social media to pretend she was a victim of a terrorist attack for attention. Yeah, Hulu original. It was, it was actually, it was very good. It was brutal and yeah. the um mia uh mia isaac who is the second lead in the movie it's like her first project and she was amazing phenomenal she was very very good it's not it's not a true story is it i i, I don't know don't believe so it, it's i think it's loosely inspired by a couple of different true events because like there was a woman who had a career for many years uh that she made off of the back of pretending to be a 9-11 survivor when she was not even in new york when it happened no yeah she was literally i i believe that w- when i dug into her story she was actually literally in spain when no. when the towers went down and she uh yeah she was going around to all of these news outlets and telling people like, yeah, I was in I was in the tower when it fell. My fiance died in the other tower. Uh, she was leading tour groups at the at the 9-11 memorial under the guise of being a survivor. This this was a real woman who did this. Yeah. And the, the movie is uh, potentially inspired by like that kind of act, at least. But. I will say, if for no other reason, the movie is worth watching for like the two spoken word poems that you get to hear throughout it. They are phenomenal. Yep. Okay, I'll check it out. I have Hulu. Yeah. And that's just like, too, like what we were just saying about like what you put out into the world. You're lucky enough to get good stuff back. Like, can you imagine that's what you did? And then what the fuck is going to happen to you after that? Oh, yeah. You got to move to another country, change your name. You You live in Botswana now. And even then, what kind of, I mean, on a metaphysical level, what kind of repercussions are coming your way? That's what I mean. That's what I was saying. Uh, it almost, yeah. you know, I do wonder if anyone who's done something like that, I mean, it almost seems like it'd be a great way of angering a lot of spirits of the people who actually did suffer in that event. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to end up being a big attraction for haunting. Yeah, especially like having gone there. Like, what if she got an attachment when she was there? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I hadn't even considered that. Actually, it's like, yeah, she was going to the actual site and just telling these lies over and over again. Again, essentially for attention. Because again, I went digging into like this real life woman's past, and she didn't make a lot of money or barely any off of this. She was literally doing it for attention. That's psychotic. Uh, yeah and and honestly it's a little sad Uh, yeah yeah it's one of those things where it's like i i I, you almost stop being angry after a little while because you're like i I think she needs to be hospitalized like this is severely abnormal um and speaking of severely abnormal (laughs) we're gonna move into our next question um so the world of modern magic is like 
a lot more freeform than it was in previous generations with so many modern practitioners taking this completely do-it-yourself, follow-your-vibes, eclectic tradition kind of approach, a.k.a. me and I think everyone in this room. Um, (laughs) But others, of course, are still kind of holding to that older idea of traditions and customs and almost these secret societies like Thelma and the Order of the Golden Dawn. Um, What are some of the advantages and disadvantages that you personally see to each path? And where do you kind of fall in that divide? I would say in all instances, I don't like rules or parameters. (laughs) Punk Um, rock magic. Yeah, I don't like... Again, I think there are people who are natural witches. So basically, I just do whatever the fuck I want. Do whatever feels right. Or, yeah, I will. Sometimes if I need a certain spell, I'll look one up and I'll I'll pick some of it. I'm not going to do it Forbidden. just like somebody yeah. else did it. Like, you have to be able to put yourself into it. There's a favorite cemetery that I go to. I'll take some leaves off a bush. I'll take some pine cones. I'll take whatever. Like, I use pet hair in a lot of my spells. Like, why you have to use stuff that gives you personal power? Why am I using something that gives somebody else personal power? That doesn't make any sense. I I do wonder if some people uh, they like need that kind of structure to get past, uh, I guess, their own cognitive dissonance about magic. Like, in order for me to believe in magic, it has to be harder than me just doing whatever I want. Oh, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. History and tradition and things like that, I, I feel like tend to be deeply appealing to people who I, I'm I'm large. I, I am self-disclosing here. Uh, one of the things that kept drawing me back towards the Catholic Church a lot was the, the, the ceremony and the tradition and the perceived history there felt like felt like culture. It felt like community and like it felt like heritage and like a lot of like a lot of white Americans that are kind of just a, a muttish mix of different different parts of Western Europe, I felt like I didn't have that. So I can see for a lot of people, it just being like, it, it feeling like this link to the past and this of, it, some people want their shit peer reviewed, you know? <laughs> like, some people want to be like, well, we've allegedly been doing this for 1500 years and if it was good enough for them... I mean, and also I do think there are some people who want, I mean, for better or worse, they want to be told how to do it and what to do. Uh, and because they're uncomfortable with that level of freeformness. But that yeah. said, I mean, again, I, I think I, I tend towards thinking that uh, those rules don't necessarily create more powerful magic. It's more they allow that person to get past themselves enough to do magic. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I've been studying druidry through the Order of the Bards of Eights and Druids for almost a year now, and I don't think I've ever done one of their ceremonies or rituals in the way that they've intended for me to do them. And but that, but they talk about it in there all the time to make it your own. And so that you know, that's that's what I do. But it for me, it's like it's so hard for me to think of like the steps to to get there so i use it more as like the guide to 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 start it all off you know but then mm-hmm. i make then i make it my own from there kind of like what you were saying you look up something online or whatever it's like i use 
these is like the framework for what I'm, what I want to do. And then I just make it my own. Yeah. But also yeah, I just love the history. <laughs> now, yeah. now building on that, uh, at risk of harshing the vibe, so you have a fairly prolific online presence, and we often see that you're engaged pretty heavily in the broader magical community on social media. So with that, of course, comes a ton of drama and friction. Uh, so with that in mind, what do you think the biggest impact the Internet has had on magical practices? And do you believe that there is, I guess, value in this wider community or has it only fostered deeper divides? I literally thought you were about to bring up like like names no, <laughs> I, I was like wait, i'd have I thought to you bring up some like drama no we're, we're not hard-hitting journalists we're just we're just <laughs> weirdos that like to talk about shit also i'd have to know what's going on at any point with anything for me to be able to do that i am i live under a rock or rather under a book what yeah. if we spent the rest of the interview just dissecting jessica's opinions about the fact that the queen died like five hours ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, well Okay, probably both. Um, I do think TikTok made stuff crazy. Um, That's fair. There's a lot of people who say wrong ass shit on there. Um, and then they're seen as like a source, like a source book of how to do magic, even though what they're saying doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but again, we're saying do whatever the fuck you want. So who am I to say that they're wrong? But you know what I mean? Like they're they're making spell jars and they're making ingredients it's like none of those are traditionally used for what you're saying but go off you know what i mean i don't know there's there's like a lot of misinformation um i do think too that and you see it on twitter there's certain people who i don't know if they got popular from instagram or tiktok who get a very big following and then it does create resentment from other people when it should just be like can't you just be happy for them like why you gotta be right. jealous shitty so i think People who can just be happy for fucking people are like fine. And then there's just other people who just can't be happy for anybody and just have to rip people apart, even though literally the per the, the thing that that person's doing has no bearing on your life whatsoever. Yeah. And you know, to like what you were saying, like I've seen, I spend way too much time on TikTok. I will, ad I will admit that I'm, I'm a big fan, but <laughs> I see it all the, I see it all the time. People saying, this that the other thing about especially about magic and it's it's not that what they're saying is necessarily wrong right because like we're saying you go do do whatever do whatever the fuck you want but also like when i guess it's like the message that they're sending is that it's either it has to be done this way that this is the only path or they're being almost too loose about it all and they're they're like yeah you can use this that or the other thing to do literally any kind of hex or curse or this or yeah. what and it's like listen like i understand that you want to do what you want to do what you want to do but also like magical properties are still a thing at least sometimes you yeah know? some of the ingredients for sure yeah there's like agreed upon things that work in spells normally and they're just like use it for this or like when people are on there saying what crystals mean or or their properties i'm like that ain't that crystal's property what are you even saying so there was some woman on tiktok last <laughs> year who was going on and on about how well like the entire greek pantheon is like fading and you can like tell and they're gonna be like gone soon so like say goodbye to your gods people and find new ones and i'm like is it crack is that what you smoke yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, Why that, do I feel like I know who you're doing by the voice? <laughs> like I, I, I you know, that's that's a good point because I've seen that too. And that one of the other things that I see on TikTok all the time that actually drives me nuts is people talking about things like Native American uh, theology, I guess, and calling it like anybody can do this. It's like no. That no. is a closed practice. It is the most closed practice in the entire world. Yeah, and and I yeah. and I I see that all the time with uh, like Native American stuff, and I see it all the time with uh, voodoo on there, and it's like y'all, these are these are like the two things that you should not do without somebody like giving you their blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, and I, obviously I'm not. Uh, I'm not. As I said earlier, I'm not very active on social media, uh, mostly because I don't have time. Um, but I mean, one of the things that I've even seen recently is some people making arguments is like, well, for example, like the Greek gods, uh, you can't worship Zeus. He's problematic. It's like people trying to apply modern, uh, I guess, morality onto ancient mythology as a way of saying, well, any magic you do involving Zeus is going to be innately pretty rapey and stuff like that, which, it, you know, here's the thing is, yes, those myths are there. We see those gods of, do, of doing those things if the myths are true, but I I, I don't know if uh, we can apply, even or assuming the gods are real, I don't know if we can apply human morality to them. It, it served, that action in Greece, especially because most of that, a lot of that stuff came not even from the actual like religious myths. It came from, it came from poetry. It, it came from songs and and stories that were not like that, that were more more like folk based and just yeah the the narrative purpose that that action served in most of those stories and what it meant between God socially was completely different and just could not really be applied to human actions. Well, and also we we always have to remember that we have any. Uh, ancient text we have to read it from the context of the people who it was written for Mm -hmm. uh and their culture their their ethics are very different they they lived in a completely different world than we do yeah and also we say it all the time with the with the phenomenon with aliens in general anything aliens whatever it's like we shouldn't apply human logic and human uh understanding to something that is likely not you know all right. Well, we have uh, we have spun off into lunacy here. Yeah. So, uh, moving into our second to last question. So we can't help but ask because uh, again, we are a book club. On the recent "What's Up Weirdo" live stream, you mentioned that you're working on a magic book, and we know you don't want to say too much about it. But if you're willing, could you share some broad strokes about what that book will entail? Oh, well. it's hard to say anything without saying what it is um that's fair yeah it it does have a angle that i don't think has been created in a magic book yet Um, okay fascinating not only will there be spells in it but like um you know astrology stuff um like self-help stuff. Okay. Motivational stuff. It, are you far, far enough along where you'd be able to guess about when uh, readers might be able to get their hands on it, or is it too early to tell? Nope, no idea. And I don't, I kind of, <laughs> I don't, I, 
I know a lot of people say stuff about self-publishing and they'll get more money, but I don't think I want to self-publish. I think I'd rather get it published. I I completely understand. I'm uh, engaged in a very similar battle as I try to hunt for agents like every other writer out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't, I guess I feel like I have enough author friends who it wouldn't be that hard to get it in front of somebody. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you know, Josh Mallerman. So, yeah, I I don't know if I'd be that big. I don't know if I'd be able to ask him, but, you know, Robin Valentine, Mm -hmm. Temperance, et cetera. But yeah, I do need to. I just been so fucking busy, dude. I, I have a full time job. I'm a tattooer. And then I run all of the socials and Patreon. Or what's up, weirdo? Um, which is like a full time job. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, and then like being on the podcast, a million other things. I don't know, traveling, doing our events, doing whatever. I did get a good chunk of it done not that long ago, but then I just like I'm one of those people that is bad at doing things in increments. I just want to do it all at once, so I'll do a lot and then I won't do anything for a long time. That's the trap that I get sucked into is that I don't let myself write a couple pages or a couple paragraphs. I will like Nick and Rory have both watched me do this of I'll I'll start on a new writing project. And then it's like three weeks later, it's like, yeah, I've written 60,000 words and I don't think I can do any more. And they're like, yeah, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it's too. And I'll write down blips or ideas where it's like if you just wrote one or two pages a day, it would be done already. Yes. But I think I have to sit down and write like 200. Yeah. Yeah. And then it takes four years because you burn yourself out and then you don't want to touch it for eight months. And then you come back to it and it's like you're trying to get your fiance back where it's just like (laughs) you left me in Cabo holding the bag. And it's like, baby, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I know. But honestly, now that it's out there enough and people are asking me about it, I like literally have to. Yes. I mean, the pressure's there now because... Uh, is, and that's what I need. That I work well like that. So literally just keep asking me about it. Hey, once you do publish it, though, I'm just saying, you, you, you there's a this uh, podcast that I know that's their paranormal book club, and they like to cover magical books. So. Yes. <laughs> I would absolutely love that, for real, yeah. Okay, well, uh, that does bring us to our last question. I know you touched on it a little bit there, but what's next for Jessica, and where can people find your work? Oh, gosh. Aside from the book, I'm also working on another top secret project that <gasps> nobody knows about. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> it's I know I don't even know how to tease it because. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it, but it's going to be sweet and useful and cool. Um, right. Cool. I, and I like that. That. Will, that will honestly probably be out before the book. So yeah, there's that. And then, I don't know, we have events coming up. We have an event in Detroit on November 4th. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. We we will be there. Um, We have the one in Wisconsin on October 21st and 22nd in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Teddy has some other shit in between there, too. I'm just not going to everything. He has Strange Realities Conference in Tennessee sometime soon. You know, with how much you guys do, I sometimes wonder when you sleep. I know that's what I'm saying. That's why I felt so bad that I forgot this thing today. I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. I thought I was off work and I wasn't. But I really (laughs) had a nice day. I went, listen, I went and picked something off off Facebook Marketplace and it's really cute. And then I uh, 
then I, what did we do after that? Went to Starbucks. Then we each took the dog to the park. Then I went and bought plants. And then I came home and I was like, what a nice day. So this is like <laughs> carry on the Sunday. Hey, and Toad's been good this whole time. I haven't heard a single squeak. So tired. He's been sleeping this whole time. I wore him out. Like the thing I had to pick up was like almost 40 minutes away. And then we went to the park and then we did all that other stuff. So he's just like, boom. He's, he, he's conked out. Hey, that that's good. He is a very handsome dog, I can say, having now met him. Oh, look at him. He's so cute. <laughs> He's so sweet. He is the size of dog that I want that I wanted. And uh yeah. then when uh Jay and I got together, I ended up with a pit bull. Oh, no. <laughs> I swear, like like Boston's and Frenchies are like mini pits. I always call them mini pitties. Because they have the little same face and ears. Uh -huh. They mm -hmm. do. They look a lot like they look a lot like pit bull puppies. Like yeah. honestly, like honestly, I've been able to a couple of times when I was in places where pit bulls were technically not supposed to be there. I've been able to pass Buffy off as a bulldog lab mix. Like yeah, I just tell people that she's uh, an American Staffordshire now. Yeah. Because she yeah. looks just like she looks just like one. I, I'm almost positive that's what her actual breed is. Because she's got that big old barrel chest, mm -hmm. and also yeah. she's always making that same stupid face that Staffordshires are always making. I but, see. I would just make up a dog name whenever someone asks. This is a Hawaiian Rockhound. I I actually Literally. used to tell people she was an Arizona Ranch Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jessica, thank you so, so much for giving us your time before we spin off into another hour-long discussion about dogs. Dogs! Which would be very easy. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. We have really enjoyed ourselves. We hope you did as well. Yeah, this was really great. I really liked your questions, and I will come back anytime you want me to. Yay! Well, awesome. Happy thank to have you. you. All right. Well, then, uh, have a great night, and we will talk to you later.